And guess what, folks? It's 2022! Yay! Happy New Year! (laughs) Thank you very much, Nathan. (laughs) That's funny. Anyway, guess what? This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, your host. And today with me, we have on our very favorite guest who would probably be the only one I would ask to be on New Year's Day. That is Matt Shea. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Eileen. And hey, Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's to you. Wow. It's an interesting time right now. Um, I was going to tell people that um, this morning I got up and my pipes were frozen at my house, so I don't have any water. Oh, great. Then a couple of days ago, I had toilet problems, which... Must be water. I keep thinking it's got to be my Neptune transit. You know, that thing, you know. Today's show is powered by Neptune. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So you're thinking, well, it's under Neptune's auspices, but there's other stuff going on today. And today we're going to be doing on the Astro Celebrity of the Week first. But first we're going to have Astro News of the Week. We've got some um, some different possibilities with the planets. So we're going to be talking about those. And then also um, on the Astral Celebrity of the Week, it's going to be obviously Betty White. And um, I'm really happy to be doing this. And, and um, I have to tell you about what happened um, on Sunday. No, wait. Um, the day before yesterday. And um, I was trying to figure out who I was going to do. I was going to do Ghislaine Maxwell. And I thought, nah, I don't want to do her. She's just a little too seamy for things. So I wanted to keep it rather clean. And so with Matt being on, I kind of take that into consideration, having a good guest that would would fit this. So I thought, oh, Betty White, of course. She's got this big thing coming out on the 17th. She's going to be doing that. And and I, it was just really urgent that I do it. So I set it up and got her chart out right here, have it right here. And um, I was thinking about, I, I started to think about what is it going to be like when she dies? You know, what's going to happen? How are people going to react to it? And I didn't have to wait long, which is interesting, because the next morning when I looked at my phone and I saw it on the phone, I just flipped out. I said, I just said, I don't like being psychic, but that was a little bit on the psychic side. But um, it was very upsetting. And it was at least the thing about it was very unplanned, very un. It was so out of left field that most of us probably didn't even know what happened to us. And you know, I was looking at her chart to see what influences she had at the time as far as what was going to happen, and I can see why she stepped out when she did. So um, anyway, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when we do the Astro Celebrity on Ms. Betty White. And I'm very sad. I, I'm, you know, not hugely bummed out, but um, last yesterday was really a tough day. How did you feel about it when you heard about it, Matt? It really hit me because I remember George Burns wanted to make it to 100. We were yeah. cheering him on. He did. Yeah. And we wanted that for Betty White. Yeah, we did. And I remember the game Password. She was on that at oh, all. Oh, yeah, lot. with her husband. Yes, with Alan. Alan Ludden. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she basically lived out her whole life in the public eye. We all knew what was going on with her at any, any given time, you know. And so, um, yeah, we're going to we're going to let me take a break right now. So uh, speaking of taking a break, let's take a break right now. And we're going to be doing the Astro, actually the Astro News of the Week. And then we'll be doing the uh, Astro Celebrity of the Week with Betty White. 
Okay, so this is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. Okay, that is the theme music for the Astro News of the Month. And I have four events here. One of them is very interesting. But okay, so on January 2nd, that's tomorrow will be a full moon at 12 degrees of Capricorn. Okay, and those of you who have Capricorn in your chart somewhere, that um, and it's probably right around that degree, you'll be influenced. Some things might happen for you because a full moon is basically everything panning out after a new moon. It's a halfway across the, the zodiacal sky, 28 days. It's 14 days after a new moon. And so a full moon is means that whatever you started on the new moon will end up near fruition will happen right about that time. It will peak. So it's a pinnacle of sorts. So anyway, a full moon is, you know, is a good thing. You know, people are born on full moons like I was, you know, so there's a perspective there of seeing both sides of the coin and, and both feeling that um, that are both valid. OK, so next is the new moon. That's interesting. OK. Here's comes some more stuff here. The new moon is on January 17th. That was Betty White's birthday. Okay, that's the new moon. So it seems to me, and it was at 27 Cancer, it seems to me that when you add all these things up, you get an interesting picture, and I'll talk about that here in a second. Now the next one, and this is very profound, Uranus is going direct on January 18th, the day after her birthday, and it'll be at 10 Taurus. If you look at Betty Waite's chart, which you can't see, the top of her chart, her midheaven, her career house, has 10 Taurus up there. Ooh. <laughs> yes? I just need to make a quick correction. You yes. were mentioning that tomorrow is a full moon. It's going to be a new moon. <gasps> oh, is it? Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. All right. So what's the what's the next one? Must be a new moon. Okay, makes sense. Anyway, either way, it's a it's either a full or a new moon. Anyway, either way, you're going to be affected by it. But Uranus going direct on the 18th. That's the day after her birthday at 10 Taurus, and Taurus is right at the top of her chart. 10 Taurus, exactly the same degree, and I find that very very interesting. And I'm going to talk about that theory here in a minute. And finally. On, on the last one, here we have Venus direct. You know, Venus has been retrograde for a while. It goes direct at, um, on the date of January 29th, 2022, at 11 Capricorn. A lot of these are happening at Cancer Capricorn because the sun is in that sign right now. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's really an interesting time. Now, let me get into the astro celebrity right now because a lot of this stuff pertains to her chart. So, here we go. That, folks, was Betty White singing. (laughs) 
that was a lot of years ago. I'm sure. Did it say anything about the date that it was recorded when you looked it up? I'm just curious. It was probably in the middle 50s, maybe. I don't know. It's a guess. It sounds like it from the, the melody being played. Uh, 1954. I knew it. I said mid-50s, didn't I? Wow, good guess. Anyway, so anyway, let's talk about her for a minute. Betty White, who unfortunately passed away yesterday morning, and uh, she was 99 years old. Her birthday is January 17, 1922, born at 6.38 p.m. Central Standard Time in Oak Park, Illinois. Now, her chart... It's got a lot of interesting facts in it. And one of the things that um, before my former host and I were, when we looked at her chart, we'd always talk about the stationary Saturn in her chart. And, you know, normally, you know, I'm thinking, well, that's interesting. But because she was a Capricorn and she also had a very long career in her 80s and, you know, had 80 years behind her, um, the, the Saturn thing, and it was also retrograde, Saturn retrograde, um, and it was also stationary retrograde as well, had an impact on how she did her life and her career. And one of the things that I kind of want to talk about here are the different Saturn transits that she had when she was younger. When she, uh, basically, there are three potential Saturn returns. The first at 29 years old, the next at 58 to 59 years old, and the last one at 87 and, of course, she lived to 99, so she lived through all those. But the interesting thing, if you look at those dates and see what was going on in her life at that time, the first one was in, I'm trying to see what, what year it was, when she was 29. Okay, and I think it was the mid-50s approximately. And 1951, I think, yes. 1951 was when she had her first Saturn return. And um, that was really I'm looking at a, a kind of a calendar for her, what happened on a date, what happened on a date. So 1951 approximately uh, was when her career started to really go up. It was the first time she hit the mainstream, you know, from doing little localized shows to national shows. So uh, that's when she started to become recognized, you know. And that's a major thing. That's a major twist in somebody's life to go from relatively private to out in the public quite a lot. So... That is one thing. Now, the second one, which was very, very interesting, happened in 1981. This is where her second Saturn return, and I should do a whole whole hour on what Saturn returns are about because whenever we have them, we have a lot, of, a lot of major things that happen in a person's life. A Saturn return is basically the point at which you were born, what Saturn was degree and sign. It goes all the way around the zodiac. It takes 29 years to do that. And when we reached that first point, at least for us anyway, um, it would have been, you know, for me, um, I'm trying to remember which year, it was like 2020-something a while back. It was last, last, uh, last, last decade. And a lot of things happened around that time. You know, um, I did a thing uh, that I did on Facebook called Going Gorgeously Gray. And going gray is normal for um, a Saturnian thing. It's about getting old. Really, and it's about wisdom, maturity, and mastery is really what this is about. So once you get a lot of years under your belt and experience, you basically be able to call yourself a, somewhat of a master. And so um, I, at that point, I think it was when I did that, I had that was my second Saturn return. It was about 10, 11 years ago. And 
I started, I decided I wanted to start this group on Facebook called Going Gorgeously Gray because that was something that meant a lot to me, you know, because I had gone gray and it was really quite a revelation when I did it. Most people, most women have a hard time doing that and um, because it's a real ego thing to have to say that you color your hair and let your gray show. It means you're showing your age. Well, it doesn't, folks. It really doesn't. It really, really shows who you are. So I did that, and I started this group. And right now, as of this point, 10 years later, there's 35,000 people in this group. It's a lot, you know, and it really multiplied like crazy. But the it's an amazing group. It has a wonderful following. People are very supportive of the process of growing their hair out. You know, and that's what I did, you know, during my Saturn return. And that was a very Saturnian thing when I grew my hair out. It was a statement saying, I don't mind how old I look. I look better with gray hair. No problem. So with Betty at her second Saturn return, it was 1981, it was kind of hard for her because she lost her husband. Alan Ludden passed away in 1981. And I thought, well, that would have been another major shift in her life because she, before he died, she was nursing him through all of his, his cancer that he had. And then when that happened, things changed direction for her. You know, and remember, she had stationary Saturn in her chart, which emphasizes these points lots more strongly than regular Saturn does. So the the third one, though, and the third one at 87, and we all were talking about this when this happened. This is back in 2010, is that she took on the role for, of Elka on Hot in Cleveland. Now, and that was during her third Saturn return, and everybody was coming and says, my God, this woman won't even give up. She's just keeping going, and you know. And uh, even at 90 years old, she was raring to go, and she did this fantastic uh, character on that, on that show. It's on the show for four years and had a great time. So there was another turning point. Things happen on Saturn returns that either change your direction in your life or... They change things forever, you know. It's career-oriented mainly, but it can be other things too. gives you a, a great sense of satisfaction and confidence and a sense of mastery, a personal mastery. So if we're looking at her chart, she has sixth house Saturn sun, you know, in Capricorn. In the case of the sixth house is work, very important. It's the, it's the Virgo house. Then she has Virgo moon on top of that. So that sort of supports her son in her sixth house. So she was very oriented towards work. If you ever heard her talk about it, she says, you know, it's okay. But the main thing, it's the work. It's the work that is most important for, for me to do. And she kept working and kept working and kept working until she basically was done. So anyway, she, let's see what else. She, okay, here's another thing. I'm going to take, take a little bit more time on this, Nathan, just so you know. Okay, she had um, a very interesting part of her, and she actually capitalized when she played Sue Ann Nivens on the sh on Mary Tyler Moore. She played this, you know, hot to trot, you know, sort of middle aged woman who was a, a host, you know, host for a food show. And she'd always make snide comments, but she also made very innuendo, sexual innuendos on the show, is completely tearing people down with it. Well, she had Mars and Scorpio, and I find that rather interesting, right at the bottom of her chart. So this stuff will kind of crawl up out of out of the out of the womb, literally, and it'll be she actually sweet and nice, and all of a sudden this stinger comes out. But it also was very funny too. 
but she on on the Golden Girls, she played a couple moments on there where she had um, it was a business where her and the girls were stranded on a on a beach, and they were actually on the other side of an island, but they thought they were on the beach. And so she told all the women to get going, get some, get some of this and this, get, you know, prepared, preparedness for a rescue type of thing. And she was ordering them around. And it was completely against her natural character. It was such a shock to see that. But she shifted her character and she drug that all that up from her Mars. And that was, and she was really something else. She's like, everybody just kind of went, okay, yes, ma'am, yes, I'm sorry, we're not doing what you say, but we're going to do it now. But... That's another part of her character that she would drag out, you know. And so, and she also had that incredibly funny sense of humor. She had Mercury in Aquarius. Of course, Aquarius is very funny. It takes you off guard with any little thing they say. So you could say something, then something would come along secondarily and change the way people look at, at people. So uh, she had that very funny, funny sort of um, sense of humor that was very, very Uranian. It was very funny, very strange, kind of weird. Okay, so let's see what else has she got here. She has the Saturn. As I said, the Saturn is stationary, and that is retrograde. And so that's in the second house, so that has a lot to do with her money. You know, she probably was very careful with her money in her life. And then also, to really make things interesting, a couple more things here. She had Leo rising in her chart and had Neptune sitting right on top of that. So she had... She portrayed, an, uh, a, there was some part of her that pulled out a personality that, that would present herself in such a way. And it may not have been completely accurate because whenever Neptune is sitting in that place, she can literally shapeshift herself. It would be really good for an actor to have that. You know, shapeshift yourself into the mood that you feel at the moment. So that was very interesting. And, and then finally... I mean, there's so much in this chart I could talk about. I could go on forever, but she was geared towards work, totally geared towards work. And um, she also um, was very unusual in her perspective. She was animal rights person who always looked after the rights of animals. And um, by the way, that's also the sixth house, the sixth house is small animals. So anyway, we have all this symbolism and it was interesting because one of my first thoughts when I heard she passed, I said, boy, she just kind of stepped out, didn't she? Just boom, out. And Uranus right now is sitting right at the top of her chart. And that is a sudden breakaway, breaking away to to relieve, to move ahead, to move into an area where you want to be and you've been stuck in an area for a long time. That's kind of what she's, I think her soul felt it was time to just, I'm going to go. And it's going to be very quiet about it. It's not, it is going to take its place out in the public eye, which, is, which it's doing right now, but it really seems as though um, this was planned for her. She decided, well, I'll probably try to make it till my birthday, but it didn't really matter because it was time for, it was time for her to go. It really was, and I hate to say that about her, but all the astrological indicators show that the stepping out of her body and into her soul and basically going back to be with her husband, which I think that was one of the things she said, that she wasn't afraid of dying because she would be with her husband again. That was pretty wonderful and romantic. So anyway, okay, that is Betty White for right now. And when we get back, we're going to bring on our guest, Mr. Matt Shea. And we will be right back here with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I don't know. 
This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks to Linda Rasmussen at VerticalEnergyWorldwide.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check in with our regulars, Seattle Dogs Homeless Program, Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, and we'll chat with the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga. It's Dr. Morley Venkatro this month. Hope you can join us. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And with me is Mr. Matt Shea. Good morning again, sir. Well, good morning, Eileen, and you too, Nathan. <laughs> good morning, Matt. Well, yeah, it is still morning. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Until till noon. Okay, so... What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about all the little ghosty trips that you've made recently. Well, I'm very close to having a book done. It's going to have three stories. I've completed the main one, which is a rough draft. Uh huh. And I'm kind of proud how I went about that. We know the name Truman Capote. Oh, uh, yes. We and do. what separated him from others is that when he wrote In Cold Blood, that was the first time a novel was not fiction, it was yes, based on a true fact. Yes, a nonfiction novel. Yes. But he lived it. And in yeah. fact, the two criminals, he was there with them when they entered the death chamber. Yep, he wrote right. it all the way through with them. Yep. Well, I just wrote a book about a decent person who thought he would go to the local casino and maybe that could help him out with his bills if things worked out right. This past year, the past 12 months, there were six casinos in our area that I went to religiously. I don't gamble. Renee likes to play the machines that are on the small end, mm-hmm. and so it's a little bit this way, that way, much cheaper than going out to a movie. Right. But I'm a people watcher there, and sometimes mm-hmm. I take her seat when she needs to get a drink or something mm-hmm. like that. And so it's watch, listen, and learn, talk to the security, the managers, and the ongoings there. And after 12 months of this, I had my story for the casino life. It's amazing. Right. There are people that establish a bond with that machine, that video looking back. Right. It could be a romance. It could be a heated argument. It Mm -hmm. could be a divorce in the process. But how they emotionally negotiate trying to get things in their favors if the thing has a soul or whatever. Right. And so this book that I've written uh, the story evolves around people having such faith that the reality hitting them. Okay, so is it sort of like, is this in one specific spot that you've looked at? Well, there were six here. Then, as you know, I was in Vegas about a month ago mm-hmm. and did the same thing. Lots of people watching, more stories and everything. Mm-hmm. But the story just takes place of one individual okay. at the casino in his town. It's all the same thing, in my opinion. Okay. But it's a people thing because... When he looked at the big picture of life, he could still have a lot of success in a casino doing other things. Oh, sure. And I don't want to ruin the ending, but we have a happy ending, a lesson. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. You know, it's a funny thing about gambling. I I used to go with a guy who was a professional gambler, and he was so lucky. He knew how to count cards. He just did that. He's just brainy. He's an accountant. What do you expect, right? So... You know, he would go in and um, he would win tons of dollars. And as a matter of fact, he was down in Las Vegas once and he forgot that he put $14,000 in his in his glove compartment. He forgot about it. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, it's, um, 
interesting. He used to do that after tax season. He'd go down to Vegas and gamble. He probably still does that. But, um, you know, he, it, I, I had went, time, went one time with him to a, a casino, and I, I felt creeped out for some reason. I didn't like being there. And at that time, I was really having problems with money, so it was a funny thing, a very strange thing to see people you know, bidding $500 a time. It really upset me. The first time I was ever in Reno, I would not set foot out of the car. Yeah. We continued to drive through. The or those casinos hit me, and there was just something about it. I was a fish out of water. And then when we made it to Vegas for the first time, I've only been there twice, uh, it was going in to talk to the dishwashers, mm-hmm. the security. Then I could do it. Mm-hmm. And then from the outside, look at it, and I could watch the picture as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I don't have that makeup. I cannot relate to what they're doing. But it yeah. fascinates me because it's a lifestyle that doesn't include me. Yeah. But I'm at a zoo. I'm up close, but don't don't get in that cage. Right, yeah. Don't start, disturb the tigers. Right. Yeah, okay. That makes sense to me. A similar, similar reaction I had, too. I said, I never want to do that again, you know. It was just a kind of reminder. I thought... Even if I had a lot of money, I couldn't do that. Just the way I hold money, you know. So it depends on how you do that. I right. Think. And again, when Renee and I go, it's more like a video arcade. Mm-hmm. She's doing better than a kid at an arcade because they can't take anything back. And she's not spending any more than they are. And so it's justified. It's pocket change. It's not the grocery money. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be one way to justify it. Yeah, and I mean justification is kind of negative, but it's just well, putting it in your comfort zone, I guess. When you get into their system and you have what's known as a player's card, whatever they call them, now I come into play mm-hmm. because the cheap gas is knocked down even more. Mm-hmm. They have sensational meals, great restaurants. Mm-hmm knocked down even more, sometimes two for one. Right. Well, heck, I'm retired. I could relate to those figures. I'm coming, but yeah. with that card. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So what else have you been doing? Have you been going, going to any local um, hotels or whatever about uh, looking at for ghosts? Well, I'm always doing that. And in Vegas, I went to their um, haunted museum, which mm-hmm. was sensational. The guys mm-hmm. on Ghost Adventures are the ones that own it. And I had no idea it was as packed Mm -hmm. that you had to wait and get reservations. And I got in early. They had one available, you know, seat, and I was by myself, so I got in. But it was fascinating what they had. It was such a science behind it. And I also went to the Mob Museum there, and that is incredible. And one of the things, you recall the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Well, I wasn't there, but yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They had the wall from that. Wow. They had that complete wall there with the bullet marks and everything. Oh, wow. It is that thorough um, personal items from Al Capone. You name the criminal, they were enshrined there. Wow. It was just an amazing place. You spent hours there. It's a three-story building. Wow. That's crazy. I mean... How much time you can you invest on something like that? Well, you're in Vegas, and that's that's how Vegas came to be that's with Bugsy Siegel. And so this this is kosher. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Right, right. So when I'm in Vegas, uh, I will people watch, but I'm looking for those museums. I'm looking for those odd things. Now a guy like me can have fun there. Oh, right. Yeah, that's fun, actually. That's awesome. 
you know, I remember, the, the, all the, did you go to any place like in Washington State? Did you ever go to Cooney Mansion? I did. You oh, were you the did. one. You were the one who introduced me to oh. that. And so Pete and I took off one day. We found it in Cosmopolis. Did I pronounce that right? That's correct. Yes. Just outside of Aberdeen. We right. could not get inside it. It's a bed and breakfast now, and I believe whoever was renting it for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. But we cased it out. Boy, I got to watch how I talk. The authorities are listening. We, you know, parked in front of it, and then I did a lot of research. We're mm-hmm. looking at it, the stories. It's and, a beautiful, beautiful building. Really well, is. Well, what I like about it, it's it's at the end of a road going up and around like a sleepy hollow. Right. It is secluded by itself. Yes, it is. It's really, really beautiful. And, you know, I had some interesting experiences there years ago. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show. If you know where the Cooney Mansion is, it's in, in Cosmopolis. Just if you go down, down through Aberdeen, you turn left and go across the bridge or whatever it is. You're on the other side, and there's Cosmopolis, and there's a, a beautiful mansion up on the hill, the Cooney Mansion, and that was originally um, owned by, obviously, Mr. Cooney. I can't remember his first name, but he was a logger, you know, back in the 1900s and earlier than that, and um, built this beautiful house. It's about five or six bedrooms, and um, he has had a beautiful master suite on the second floor and the other other uh, bathrooms or bedrooms had their own baths, three bedrooms on the floor. And then the top floor was the, uh, the, the helps, where all the help lived, you know, for the, sh- for the place. So, and then there was the main floor, had beautiful, beautiful wainscoting, you know, that kind of thing. And then, then there was a basement, which there was a ballroom down there. And that basement was really haunted. I could feel it. I didn't ever want to go down there. They had one room that had a hot tub in it, weird, and there was also a room where there was a shower because all the all the bedrooms are, all had baths, but they only had bathtubs, so you couldn't get a shower. And the only place you could get one was downstairs or down in the basement. And I remember going down to the basement, and I have to take a break here in a minute. I was going down to the basement to have a shower, and I had to take one really quick. Because I had to, it felt so funny down there, and I found out that people were murdered down there a long time ago. So um, it's it's considered haunted. And when I did psychic fairs down there, it was amazing. All the people that were in the house, you know, on the other side, got real excited because when a bunch of psychics go to a place where there's haunted, they get active because they want to talk to the people that are there because they can hear them, you know. And all that kind of stuff happened while I was there. Um, several times when we went down there. It was just a natural place to go. And we always had a lot of people at the fair because people wanted to see inside the house. It's really beautiful. It's over 10,000 square feet to the house, you know, and really beautiful, just beautifully kept up and all that kind of stuff. So awesome. So, okay, let's take a break right now. When we get back here, we'll have more Jupiter Rising with Mr. Matt Shea. Jupiter Rising show will continue in just a moment. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. 
Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, your host and astrologer. And this is Matt Shea, who's on the show to talk to us about ghosty places. You know, and they're one of the things that has to be mentioned and most maybe not most people know that the whole Washington state area is plagued with by ghosts. And I don't mean to use the word plagued, but they're everywhere. More and more businesses, establishments are getting into the act. Now, you've heard me talk about the Sorrento Hotel. Oh, yes. And how I learned about that is I just looked up the list of haunted Seattle hotels. Right. And they're rated towards the top. Well, Christmas night was the greatest night in my life this year. My daughter and I just had a dad and daughter thing all night long. The mm-hmm. fireplace in their grand lobby. We had a fun room. That's a beautiful Everything. hotel. Beautiful. It is beautiful from 1909. Yeah. But this was my second attempt there. Their room 408 is headlined as the most haunted one. Wow. And this time, when you ask, the front desk actually had literature. They mm-hmm. had a flyer letting you know that that was a haunted wow. room. The first time I stayed there, I was by myself, and I've been doing this sort of stuff for years. I usually don't get scared off. Mm-hmm. There was something about the vibes and the intensity where I'm getting out of this place. I yeah. just am. And when I left, I thought I heard a groan sound. Uh-huh. Now, I've got quite an imagination. I write fiction and everything, but I've been to lots of places. This is the first time something responded to me, wow. and I like to think that it actually was whatever. Well, when I told my daughter, that's it, we're staying there. So we stayed there Christmas night. We did not see anything except beautiful Christmas lights. It's a corner room, the city, the hotel is, but the staff had more stories to share. It entices you further and further. Right, right. And so I so always. So, what were the base? What were some of the basic um, in things that have happened in that hotel room? Well, since well, Alice B. Toklas, who is credited for inventing the marijuana brownie in '54, she stayed in that room. She stayed in that room, and they claim that it is her haunting there. That she's the number one, but there are many. Now, when I was there the first time. A night shift manager took me into one of their bars. They got two on the main floor, pot of tea for free, Mm -hmm. and then here they come. The cooks came in. They told me stories. The valet parking guy did, Mm -hmm. people who did room service, one after another. This coincides with what I've read about on the Internet and Mm -hmm. what I've had people talk to me about who have stayed there before, and one of which is they say that Alice B. Toklas is seen walking around the hotel and sometimes outside dressed in her 50s look and kind of dissipating. When I backed out of the room the first time a couple months ago, they said, good, now that you're checked out, we're going to tell you some more stories about that room. Good thing they didn't tell you before. That's why. They're giving me a chance, but I didn't make it the first time. Mm -hmm. And they said they had a couple there a couple days ago. The moment they opened the door, they had no idea the history of that building. They saw the image of a woman, spirit from the 50s, looking right back and dissipate in front of them. They said, hey, nobody told us this place was haunted, so they took a different room. Mm -hmm. And then they said that they had another couple there like a week before that, where as the wife went to the bathroom, the husband saw the ghost of a little boy following. There's such stories about that. 
but they emphasize that these are not frightening, mm-hmm. that they're friendly, festive, they use the words like hip and cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not a terrifying thing, except when you see something the first time because you don't know how to react to it. Sure. But um, it's um, sort of nurturing, mm-hmm. like, come on in, we're part of the community. And then I was talking to the front desk, and the guy said, I've worked here for quite a while, never believed it, until my wife and I stayed here one night. And when she put her hair her, her hairbrush down on the nightstand, there it is vibrating all oh. by itself, dancing around with the rest of the room still. Wow. And innocent stories like that, uh, they're odd, but they're intriguing. Mm-hmm. When I was reading the pamphlet that they hand out about room 408, one woman said she was in the bar, and, and I believe she was an elder, and something touched the small of her back. Mm-hmm. While her husband was next to her, the bartender's behind the bar. Nobody else is there. There is something about ghosts when you kind of detect something you know. You oh, kind of sure. know in advance. And so she, when they got up to their room, she got out the Internet, and look, this place is reported to be haunted on and on. Mm-hmm. And her comments were this. She said, it's scary but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Scary, but fun. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because anytime you encounter the unknown, you know, you just can't tell what it is unless you have some, do some sort of research and look up certain people and see when they were there and, you know, what part of the house did they haunt and all that kind of stuff. And if you do that, then it kind of breaks it a little bit, but it's like not knowing. That's it. It's that big question mark. And again, I do not know of any stories of, foul play, tragedy there. And we all entertain the thought, well, where would you like to hang out with when you move on? Well, I got a few places, and that just became one of them. Wow. I don't want to bother anyone, but what a neat place to hang out. And I love the main room, that fireplace. we got to sit right up next to it and have dinner. Wow. And when was the hotel built? 1909. 1909. Okay. Yeah, I know it's on a corner on... Madison. Madison, yes. It's on Madison. It's yes. a beautiful shape to it. Uh, I've been in it once, and I didn't do anything about ghosts there, but I, I think I went in there for a moment and then left. And Christmas time, the whole city was lit up with the beautiful lights, as mm-hmm. was the hotel, and everybody was happy. Yeah, You're scared to see something at night, but you kind of want to, and that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, it would seem like if you get a bunch of ghost hunters there, they'd all be really excited about that. They do. They you say know? that constantly they have those groups come in, yeah. and they'll be sitting here, sitting there, and basically conventions, so to say. Yeah. But it's what I did. I looked it up, and people know to go there. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's a great thing. So when do we have to take a break now? Oh, about Two minutes. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're a little off schedule here today because of, of the Betty White thing, but I figure if she worth a little bit more time. So that's awesome. The, um, this, this book that I'm writing, it's going to have at least three stories in it. Okay. And I have one called Coco the Bear, and I've been doing a lot of research on bears because in Russia, it's common for families to have pet bears. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's a gray area. It's like a pit bull dog. The families can see the most wonderful things. But still, we've had tragedies because there's a bit of animal nature to this. Right, right. And so it's illegal to have one in Washington unless you've got types of permits. Mm -hmm. But again, it straddles the fence. And so this has to do with a little boy who's rejected in school, Mm. but he made friends with the Baranac 
captivity, oh. and then it plays out where they're camping, and they bring the bear because you're doing a carnival for a charity, and something happens, and the boy is the only one that could relate to the animal kingdom mm-hmm. because of the bond he has with this full-grown bear. Oh, so that's one of the stories in the book? Yes, it's called Coco the Bear. I'm doing the finishing touches on it. That's great. And then the one following is called The Old Man, and it has to do with an old man in the neighborhood when the kids are asking him to buy cigarettes and beer. Right. And he can't be their cool friend anymore. He mm-hmm. has to be loyal to the parents. Right. And so it, it plays out properly. Okay, that's great, yeah. And when are you going to have this book out, do you think? I honestly believe the last week of February okay. they're going to be holding a signed copy of it. Oh, good. That's awesome. Yes, yeah. that's my pace is that yeah. I have several publishers, several new ones that are interested in this. I haven't decided which one, but as I do my stuff, I send my rough drafts and roll mm-hmm. in sync, and so I'll have to make a decision as a time there. Well, it's good that you got several people that are oh, interested yes. in it. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. You've really moved ahead on this. That's awesome. So cool. Um, I was trying to think, are there any, since I'm, I live in Lakewood right now, but not long, I should announce to everybody, I haven't done it on Facebook yet, pardon me while I take a time out, I have to move, and I have to move out of my place at the end of February. Our landlord is s- selling the place, so we have to move. So if you happen to know of anything, and I have to rent with probably with a roommate, if you know of anybody who is uh, looking for a place or you're looking for uh, a roommate somewhere, and um, just give me a call. You can contact me at 206-816-0546. If you know of anything, that would be lovely. I want to keep it relatively cheap because that's what I am. I'm cheap. <laughs> The neatest radio personality ever. <laughs> a lot of people are going to jump on that. Oh, well, that be that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I haven't really announced it to Facebook yet, but I'm going to do it this week, you know, because usually when I do something that a lot of people pop up and say, look here, look here, look here. So, yeah. Well, I'm interpreting this as a calling. I believe that somewhere out there, your next residence, the stage has been set. Things are in motion to put you in their lives. Well, I'd like to think that too, you know, like it's just being prepared now and when I see it, I'll know it's the place and and everything will work really well. It's always worked that way for me in the past when I've had to move, but I found out in November that I was going to have to do this. At least they gave us a nice uh, long time to prepare for it. But um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm ready to go and I'm actually thinking about moving back up here to my home, to Seattle. So I really felt like I wanted to live somewhere that I I felt comfortable with. Eileen, many times you and I, and often with a group of friends, would meet somewhere at a restaurant and spend the evening. Yeah. And evenings are just fantastic with a person like you. Oh, thank you. You're really nice. Well, no, I'm being honest with you. Um, Somebody's going to get very lucky. Oh, I hope so. I really do. From your lips to God's ears and anything else he's got he can hear with. So that's awesome. So, okay. So we have to take another break right now. And when we get back here, we'll be continuing a little bit more with Mr. Matt Shea. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Ms. Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Susan Bergstrom is a licensed agent in Washington and in Oregon, helping people obtain security in their lives 
by providing insurance that pays final expenses and money for transitioning after a loved one dies. There is a lot of information that we need to make our selections of medical plans, and talking to someone like Susan can be a lot more clear than trying to do it yourself, let me tell you. So if you want to talk to Susan about your medical coverage, her phone number is, you can contact her at 253-318-9379, or you can write to her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. This is Eileen Grimes of the Jupiter Rising Show, and did you know that I do private astrological readings? If you have issues or problems in your life that plague you, perhaps an astrological reading would be just the ticket. I've had more than 30 years' experience in astrology, and there isn't much I haven't seen, so I know I can help you. You can contact me at 206-816-0546 or go to EileenGrimes.com to make an appointment. Thank you very much, and I'll see you soon. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And Mr. Matt has something to say. (laughs) Again, it's a happy 222 to everyone. 222. And there is something about the concept of a New Year's resolution. Right. Throughout my life, when people would ask me if I had one, I would pacify them. I'd say, I'm going to quit smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Well, I don't smoke them, so when they check up, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> so you can leave me alone now. I'm, you know, yeah, don't, right. I'm just fine. Now, you would make a fantastic New Year's resolution for someone to get an in-depth reading from you mm-hmm. because I have brought in friends that were curious. Mm-hmm. They were doubting Thomas. And it's like myself, I understand the basis of astrology, but every time we visit, there's a little bit more. You're what, well over 30 years experience. This would be an incredible New Year's resolution to take a time out, meet Eileen, and just cup of coffee, a coffee shop, whatever, and to just thoroughly get a cleaning Mm -hmm. and just get a reading. What a way to start off the new year. That's a good point, getting an astrological or astral cleaning, cleaning of the soul. It's amazing when you start digging into your issues that you have that you didn't know you had, and you start cleaning them out, you feel a lot different physically, spiritually, and mentally after you've done that. Um, It's amazing. And for me, when I tend to go through metamorphoses, it has something that has just been there so prevalently for so long that I have to really, I have to look at something even though I don't want to look at it. And I look at it and, and then pretty much, I, it, an astrologer told me this years ago, says once you're on to your own, mm, you're on to it. Starts with S. He says once you're on to your own stuff, you're on to it. You find it, you know. So that was my phone that just made a noise. That was weird. Okay, I didn't want... What I really admire is it's not a hocus-pocus where you're predicting a future and promising things. Right. It's about a person understanding their natural strengths and weaknesses. Right. So now they understand themselves a little better. They make better choices Uh as they head down the path. Right, right, exactly right. Yeah, so it's... um, 
Yeah, I mean, I've just, I thank God for astrology because it's helped me really f- localize how I deal with problems and how I solve them, you know, and um, it's getting easier. Uh, I've learned how to really accept myself and the, the process of, you know, what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. And once I get to a point where I, there's no other alternative but to get off the pot and do something about it, that's what I do, you know, because it it, it's like it, you have so many examples of it staring at you in the face, and so it means something that needs to be dealt with. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. So What really impressed me when I was getting to know you, the Tacoma School District was aware of the Jupiter Rising show. They reached out. And I think it was the library system, yeah. correct me. And they, yeah, they turned did. around and they brought you on board to teach classes for a while. And I yeah. think, was it every student, most or everyone, went a step further and got a private reading with you? Um, I don't remember. I did those sessions at about six or about eight or nine of the different uh, libraries. And there were some that did, you know. Um, I, I never really expect much after I've done a reading or a, a lecture but those people that it hits a nerve with will come up and talk to me about it afterwards but um, that was a really wonderful opportunity to do that and I really enjoyed do that doing that yeah I found out from a friend of mine that, that they were going to do that and they wanted an astrologer so I contacted them they said yes we want you so yay well they knew of you also and I'm going to mention Northwest today okay who was it Northwest Today? Oh, oh, the, the, the show. Yes. Yeah. Oh, whatever, Northwest Afternoon. Forgive me, it. yes. Yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah, that was right. Oh, that was something else. That was a long time ago, but I was asked to do their show uh, when they were still on the air with Cindy Reinhart and all that, and I got to meet all those people. Got to be friends with Cindy for a while. And <clears throat> we, um, I did a show. It was in June, June 1994. That's the date. I remember it so well. And um, I remember afterwards I went home and there were so many people that called me at home for a reading. I mean, I couldn't eat. Every 10 seconds the phone rang when I got home until about 10 o'clock. And then it started ringing again the next morning at 6. So it was really fascinating. And I had about, I think, two or 300 people that had readings with me out of all those. So You are an apple waiting to be picked. New Year's Day, New Year's resolution to start it off with getting a reading with Eileen. Yes. And when they get a reading from you, they get to know Eileen. Yeah, I think they do. And that um, it'll be something that, um, generally speaking, I, I never will ever forget the first reading I had. I've had a lot of them since, you know, but the first actual reading I had was with a man named Jeff Green, who was astounding and he said you know to me the first thing he said he says well god made you a natural psychologist my head swirled around 10 times when i heard that but you know i would say that in some respects that that's probably right it ended up being that way you know oh yes yeah well what i notice you can just be the who that you are and then the world pinpoints where you are and they make your contact yeah. The shows, teaching classes, 
And many times I've seen somebody show up who got one, so now they're bringing their best friend or their mom. It's a success breeding success thing. Yeah. So this is a lot of fun. It's the first day of the year, and it's already starting to percolate. I can feel it. I think it is, too. It feels like it to me. Business has picked up over the last little while. So I'm kind of looking forward to this month. Astrologically, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, there's going to be stuff happening probably later on this month. It'll be interesting. So... Yeah, um, I, you know, I've been doing this for 31 years. I can add the next year onto it. 31 years I've been doing it. And um, I've said, um, and Gary Mance said to me, he says, we got to have you on the show. I said, yeah. He says, well, you're the only one who has the brain big enough to hold that whole science. And you do. You have all of it right there in front of you. And I said, really? He says, yeah, you have, you know, you don't even need to refer to anything. It's just all there. So I'm, it's amazing. You really, folks, you don't even realize how much your brain can accommodate. It'll just keep going until you stop. So it's, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful la- language you know, of people, learning about people, but it's also a great language for learning about yourself. That's the key thing. Uh, the square one is half of being smart is knowing what you're dumb at. We understand our flaws, our weaknesses, and how we sometimes handle an everyday situation wrong, and we catch ourselves better knowing our attributes. We're still carrying the ball. Life is unpredictable, but we know ourselves better and make better decisions accordingly. I greatly appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. So we, oh, we have two minutes left to the show. I've got to do the stuff that's coming up. Okay. Um, Matt's uh, website is mattshaybooks.net if you want to get a hold of him. Mine is eileengrimes.com or jupiterrisingshow.com. Next week we have on Carl Anderson, who is the uh, Bach Flower Remedy Specialist. He's going to come on and talk about what we can do for the new year. You know, if we have certain problems, we can get uh, Bach remedies to help you with those things. And then on the 15th of January will be the lady who was on, supposed to be on last month, but she couldn't. She was sick. And that is Mary Beckman, the rock and roll psychic. So that will be extremely fun to have that. So is there anything else you want to say before we check sure. out? As mentioned, by the end of February, I should have paperback number nine out that'll also okay. be ebook and then I will throw in some audiobook. And then I'm challenging myself. I'm quite confident that in the year twenty twenty two that I could get a second publish publishing out. Good. Because um, I've got a lot that I've been working on and I'm at the balancing point with it. Good, them. good, good, good. That's wonderful. And keep us informed what's going on when we when you do get your book on we'll have you on again. So appreciate it. So, okay. So that's it for us. That was very quick. And I want to wish everybody a happy new year. 2022 should be better than 2021, we hope. So for all of us here at the Jupiter Rising Show, we'll say goodbye and see you next week. Bye-bye.